Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Talking about Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talking about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Do it big. Like Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to another show. Uh, we've got a couple of things we're going to do tonight. Um, the Colts are obviously facing off against the San Francisco 49ers in their dress rehearsal, their their final stab at a like some sort of realism in the preseason for their uh, preparation for the 2018 season. So we're going to do that. Uh, talk about some guys that I'm really, really looking at uh, to see what they can do in this big game. I mean, this is, I mean, if there is a big game in the preseason, this is it, right? So we're going to see Andrew Luck probably uh, most of the first three quarters. I would presume uh, Frank Reich hasn't really led on to exactly what he wants to do, but he said he wants to get rhythm. He wants to ha- uh, finish on a high note with that. So, I mean, they already played Andrew Luck into the second quarter twice. My guess is that they play him at least a series after halftime. Uh, and then kind of go from there. And, and especially if Andrew's having a good uh, a good game and, and he gets through halftime with, with a solid performance, much better than he did in preseason week two, then I would expect him his night to be done. After that, we've got a lot of guys that we're going to be looking at, uh, especially some of the, the, the second and third teamers, so to speak. And then in week four, obviously, we're going to be looking at a lot of the bottom of the roster guys. But uh, for this one, we're going to talk about some guys that I'm interested in and, and really watching to see if they can make this roster and be actually some sort of a contributor, not just a guy at the bottom of the roster who is like inactive every single week. We're talking about guys who are going to try to make an impact. So we're going to talk about them. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about something interesting. Now, there has been conflicting reports. Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting sent out a tweet today saying that Khalil Mack was indeed on the trading block. However, a good friend of mine, Ted Wynn uh, from The Athletic, has also kind of recanted on his part of that, is saying uh, that that's not accurate. That's inaccurate, that the, uh, the Raiders are fielding calls, but they have basically turned everybody away. They are not really interested in this at all, but people are calling and they're offering um, some things, but you know, basically what he's saying is that they're, they're taking the phone calls, they're answering the phones, but they are not interested and they have not, uh, officially put him on the trading block, but it doesn't matter either way. We are going to go ahead and we are going to have this conversation because I think it's a fun one. 
It, the, the Colts don't get into this possibility too often. We saw Air, uh, Ryan Grigson throw money at just about anybody he thought could do anything. And then we kind of get the uh, somewhat of a polar opposite effect in what Chris Ballard has done so far and what he plans to do. So first part of the show, we're going to talk about this. Um, basically, my question today on Twitter when I saw that he was on the block or that he was being reported as being on the block was is whatever he's worth, whatever the Raiders want to get for him, whether it's a couple ones, um, maybe another late round pick or something else in addition to that. My guess is that it would take just over two first round picks. That's my assumption. I'm not an expert in guessing what uh, what draft picks top end edge rushers would go for anymore. And it seems like any time in the NFL that there's a big blockbuster trade like this and draft picks are involved, it's always different. So I don't know. But let's just go ahead and assume it's for a couple ones, okay? Let's assume that it's for a, a 2019 and a 2021, okay? Let, let's in a 2020 first, okay? I, I didn't want to make you think 2021 first, but let, let's just assume that. The next two years, first-round picks. Uh, the Colts have, you know, second-round picks, third, fourth, and fifths, uh, all, all in the bag there, so that that's not and, and beyond. So that's not really an issue. But let, let's talk about this. Is it worth it? Let's talk about what the Colts have right now, okay? We're looking at a roster right now that has uh, Jabal Sheard, you know, what can he do, okay? We know he can be a double-digit sack guy in the right system, in the right season with the right help. Last year, five-and-a-half sacks. Marcus Hunt right now, guys is our other starting defensive end. That's who we've got rushing the passer right now, aside from Jabal Sheard. John Simon is an all-day, everyday player. We have Kamiko Toure finally getting healthy. Ryan Delaire looks pretty exciting. Don't get me wrong, nothing super uh, super duper, but he looks like he could be uh, a guy who can certainly contribute and can put some pressure on the passer. And then we've got Terrell Basham. And those are the guys right now that I'd say are definitely um, either on the roster at this point, or very, very much uh, in, in the in the thick of it. So I think that you got really Ryan Delaire and Terrell Basham, to be quite honest with you, as designated pass rushers that aren't, you know, a sure thing, okay? So that's what we've got. Add into that pass rush Khalil Mack, okay? Chris Ballard, let's, let's talk about this first. Chris Ballard, we have talked about this in the past couple episodes. We don't really know the length of what Chris Ballard's philosophy is. Okay, We know he believes in building through the draft. We know that he wants to raise his own, air quotes. We know that he doesn't want to spend high-end dollars on mid-tier talent. We are, we are all aware of that. Okay, We also are aware that the Colts have over $50 million in cap room. Okay, um, I'm guessing, and others have guessed that we're talking 15 to 20 mil per year is what Khalil Mack is going to want. Um, maybe more than 15, probably closer to 18 or something of the sort. Is that worth it? The Colts last time they had a guy that they were, pa uh, you know, paying that kind of money on an edge rush was Dwight Freeney. Uh, it, are they going to do something of that sort? Would uh, Chris Ballard offer that kind of money to him? Well, the Colts have it, and they've got Andrew Luck. And they've got other guys that are high-end guys. The only guy that they haven't extended right now that's really going to be a high-dollar um, high guy is going to be Costanzo. 
Luck has, like I said, Luck's already re-upped. They've got him paid. They're pretty good on the other end of that. Now, when you add a bunch of rookies and a bunch of second-year guys in there, that's a cheap roster outside of the top bill, okay? And when you've got Andrew Luck, Khalil Mack as your top two guys, I mean, the Colts had Peyton Manning, and they also had Dwight Freeney. You know, they got lucky with Robert Mathis. But Dwight Freeney was a big-time pass rusher coming out of Syracuse out of college. That's a fact. Those guys were getting that money. So here's where we're kind of at. When we look at Chris Ballard's approach, he has never said that he is not going to go get a master playmaker. Are we talking about, you know, does everybody really think that they have to be, okay, we've got every single position with three people deep. We are absolutely in the thick of the Super Bowl hunt. Now we're going to go after a Cleo Mack. I mean, that makes sense. Don't get me wrong. But we're in the AFC South, and I'm not downgrading the AFC South because I've spent so much time talking about how much better it is right now. But the thing about this is, is that we absolutely understand that Khalil Mack is a game changer. Bring him in there with the guys that we've got rotating in at defensive tackle, Jabal Sheard, Kamiko Ture, John Simon, something of that sort. But you've got a badass pass rusher coming off the edge in Khalil Mack every single down. Obviously, he'd rotate in a little bit here and there, but the Colts have nothing but youth in the linebacking core, and they've got a secondary that's filled with, uh, you know, basically rookie and second-year players outside of Clayton Gathers. So, what does it, I mean, why wouldn't you do that? You've got Andrew Luck, in my opinion, I've said this several times, he makes the Colts a 500 team himself. What does Khalil Mack make the Colts with a 500 team and him on the defensive side rushing the passer. I mean, can't we say that that's a good game or two? I mean, is that fair? I think it is. I think that's fair. I think Khalil Mack earns the Colts a game with a strip sack or two. I think that's, I, th- I think that's more than generous. Um, actually, I may even be underselling it, but I think that that's exactly what we should expect. I think that inside the AFC South, the Colts have a pass rusher who can get after better quarterbacks now. And I'm not sold on Mariota, and I'm not definitely not sold on Bortles. Don't get me wrong, but those guys have better offensive lines than the Colts have. They've had better offensive lines than they've had in years. Okay, so we've got a guy now who can combat those offensive lines and not have mid-tier quarterbacks dink and dunk their way to a win against the Colts. Deshaun Watson showed a lot of poise, a lot of good uh, downfield accuracy last year. Khalil Mack disrupting that with a Texans line that's not very good in my opinion. Might be a difference in a couple wins there. So are we saying that Khalil Mack's not worth it this year? Because if you're talking about contention, are you are you saying that you think the Colts have to be Super Bowl contenders for Chris Ballard to go after a high-tier guy like this who's still young? I don't. I mean, I just don't. I don't understand this because we don't know what Chris Ballard's approach is for the most part. We know what he says and he, everything he says he follows up with. I get it. But like I said, he's never said he won't go after a top-tier guy. The locker room is watching. We hear that all the time from Chris Ballard. The locker room is watching. And if there's a guy out there that you could get, you could reasonably get, in here to make this defense significantly better with just his presence on the field, I think the locker room is going to appreciate that. Because right now, if you put Khalil Mack up next to Marcus Hunt, P. 
people are going to be saying, I'm sorry, Margus. I love you, brother. But <laughs> we need Cleo Mack, okay? I mean, this youth, this system, Cleo Mack would be perfect. Exactly what the Colts would need in to make plays on the ball. They're expected to be fast and react. We've seen Darius Leonard uh, at the linebacker position, you know, playing well. We've got a guy who's basically a ball hawk right now, Mike Linebacker in Sky Moore. And, I mean, well, you got Najee Good, who's a veteran, and then you've got Matthew Adams, another rookie with speed and pop, who's backing him up. But then in the background, you've got Clayton Gathers, and you've got a ball hawk in the safeties, uh, back in the safety core with Malik Hooker. And you've got Quincy Wilson, who's looking good. And then you've got maybe, you know, even Pierre Desir, who's a pretty damn good corner, I think. So, what? I mean, why isn't a move for Khalil Mack uh, a, a, a real possibility? Why isn't that something that the Colts should do? Does it hamstring the process of building through the draft? I don't know about that. I don't know that it does. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be in another Trent Richardson situation where the Colts are giving up a first-round pick and getting absolutely nothing in return. We've seen what Khalil Mack can do. We didn't ever see what Trent Richardson can do. He had a solid season his rookie year in Cleveland. He wasn't a dominant figure. He wasn't a guy rushing for 1,500 yards. Okay? I think that we've got, you know, this is, I mean, and look, here's the other part of this, okay? What holes on the roster does he minimize with his presence on the field? I asked this on Twitter as well. I think that we think I think that it's natural to say that he helps the coverage. He helps linebackers be able to make plays on the ball underneath. And he just causes havoc. He makes every quarterback in the AFC South or that is on the Colts schedule understand that they better get their wheels in motion because he's gonna make them move off their spot. Okay, um, looking at the the hamstringing part here uh, of the draft, uh, if you if the Colts were to give up a couple first round picks, that means they've got seconds and I think two next year, right? Uh, the one from the Jets and their own. Okay, so there's two first or two second round picks there, especially next year. What do what do the Colts need? I mean, look, okay, what quarterback, tackle, and edge rushers? I mean. Other players go and other positions go in the first round. But isn't that really what you're trying to target, if, if at all possible, right? If you've got a top five tackle, a top five edge, and a top five quarterback, obviously quarterback's going to get the call in that. But tackle and edge, I mean, maybe over a corner or over a running back, aren't, isn't that what you would probably do? I mean, because right now, I mean, and, and it would just we kind of went through this this past year. I was Bradley Chubb all day over Saquon Barkley. Some people wanted the running back. I, I just didn't think it was that necessary in the first round. We've seen late round running backs. We've seen um, some guys that, you know, third and fourth round running backs really be positive forces for the offense. So with that, second rounds, third rounds, I'm, I'm not spending a first round pick on a receiver. The Colts need a receiver. They'll have two second round picks next year. The Colts need cornerbacks. First-round cornerback, yeah. I think after about the first half of the draft, I think that you are, uh, you know, unless you are at a abs- finding an absolute game-changer, that the back half of the first round or even the second round is probably a pretty good spot to find a corner. There's going to be tackles eventually. I mean, this year there wasn't a lot of great tackles, but they got Braden Smith in the second round. He's a guard. I get it. 
but he's playing tackle right now. He's going to play guard tomorrow night, but he's been playing tackle and, and he's done pretty damn good job after he's gotten himself acclimated. I, I crossed him up as far as how he did in practice. He's looked much, much better running back. Those are in the second round. They're all over the place. Linebackers. I mean, whatever, you know, wherever they find that they need somebody else next year, linebacker is going to be available in second and third round. I'm not trying to minimize how important a first-round pick is. What I'm saying is your first-round pick next year is already an established pass rusher on your team now. He's that guy, Khalil Mack, that's headhunting these quarterbacks. If he's available, if the Colts can get him for two ones, I I really kind of don't want to talk about exactly what it would be. But I just think that Chris Power looks at that and says, man, we've got the money. We've got luck ready. We're just going to have to extend Costanzo, maybe another guy over here. We can make this work. And I think Chris Ballard can make it work. And I think that this would be a phenomenal move. I just don't see the downside of it. I mean, okay, look, when you throw out two first-round picks, the very last thing that you would ever want to see is that guy go down with an injury. That would suck. Don't get me wrong. Okay, I, I don't want that to even kind of come into to our mind right now. But Khalil Mack is a guy who is an absolute, like I said, an absolute headhunter. 6'3", over 250. I mean, double-digit sacks his last three years in the league, 15, 11, and 10 from 2015 to 2017. He's got 40 sacks in his first five year, four, first four years in the league. I mean, he's hitting 80 tackles a year easy. And you know what? He hasn't missed a single game. I'm sorry. I'm doing that. Chris Ballard, I think he would do it too. I really do. You don't want to hamstring your draft, especially when that's your forte. That's what you're trying to do is build through the draft. I get it. Khalil Mack's every bit worth two round, two first-round picks. And I'm going to say that he's well worth taking the hit on that when you've got needs at receiver, running back. I mean, maybe running back. We don't know yet, but you know what I'm – you get what I'm saying. We'll need a tackle next year. You can get a tackle in the second round. I really think this is a smart move. I really would think it was a smart move. Now, we don't know that he's actually on the block or not. We don't know that yet. So we're, but I had to, we had to have this conversation. I'm sure there's some other points that I've forgotten, but I couldn't get this off. I had to get this off my chest tonight before we got into kind of the roster talk and, and to who we were expecting to watch in this uh, in this preseason week three game against the San Francisco 49ers. So. Um, if I'm Chris Ballard, I pull the trigger on this. He's been healthy, 40 sacks in four years. Man, he makes this defense and he makes this offense and he makes this roster instant contenders in the division. And when you've got a guy who can throw 40 touchdowns a year and you've got a guy who can get 12 to 15 sacks a year, you can win some games that people may not expect you to win. And you know what else? You may not have the top talent in the NFL, but what you do have at some point 
if you can absorb this guy into your roster, like Frank Reich and Chris Ballard talk about, then you might just have an improvement in chemistry and these guys work better together and the defense looks better than the sum of its parts. I'm doing this and I'm doing it in a heartbeat. We'll be right back after the break. We're going to talk about who we're getting ready to watch in this Colts 49ers week three of the preseason matchup. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets. They've got it all, guys. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. I just did that literally the other day. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use my promo code BLUECOLTS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use my promo code BLUECOLTS when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that it's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets they've got it all guys and for you fantasy guys out there you can even bet on the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with that's why i always tell people to bet with my bookie i just did that literally the other day trust me guys they are the best bet this season join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar use my promo code blue colts to activate the offer Visit MyBookie online. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use my promo code, BLUECOLTS, when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. All right, guys, welcome back to the Colts cast. So let's talk about this. Who are we watching going into the Colts dress rehearsal against the 49ers? Um, Obviously, we're looking at the offensive line. Braden Smith's not going to play tackle. Braden Smith's going to kick inside to guard. He's probably going to back up Slauson. Um, but I think we're going to end up seeing Austin Howard or Joe Haig probably start at right tackle. And then they're going to see Denzel Good. They said that up to about 20 snaps. And he's probably going to play with uh, Jacoby Brissett. So <clears throat> this is who we expect uh, to be out right tackle. Frank Reich doesn't seem too concerned about this. But I, I don't know that I am concerned. But I am very excited to see some of these guys eventually kind of rise to the occasion. Uh, what they're doing at left tackle is kind of even more interesting to me because Costanzo, I think that you can kind of tell in Frank Reich's responses that he's expecting Anthony Costanzo back. <clears throat> if he's not, he's being very cool about it because LaRaven Clark 
Didn't look great the other night, but I didn't think he looked nearly as bad as some other people were saying. Um, I just simply don't think that they watched him very close. Um, he, he wasn't good, but he certainly wasn't bad. And I mean, good, I think he was good. You know, or Clark, I think he was he was good. He wasn't great by any stretch. Um, but he struggled in a couple of different snaps uh, against some of the elite pass rushers. And he would in a game, too. He would end the regular season. Just as we see uh, Costanzo struggle with some of these elite athletic guys coming off the edge, uh, they would kill the Raven Clark. There's no question about it. But I think as a uh, as a guy playing in this preseason week three game, I think Raven Clark will probably start there. That would be my guess. Um, I'm not too concerned right now with the rest of the interior of the offensive line, but I am really uh, interested in this right tackle spot. Um, I want to see Denzel Good take 20 solid snaps, and I want to see him look good doing it because that would tell me that this right tackle um, battle is going to go into week four of the preseason, and that's important, guys. It's important because Austin Howard's looked like crap. They didn't love Joe Haig, but they liked Braden Smith a lot, okay? And um, th- this this matters. Denzel Good coming in, if he can play solid at right tackle, which I believe he's better there than he is at guard. I think that the the Colts could actually possibly have a really nice looking line when Costanzo returns. So um, I'm also looking at this wide receiver group, guys. I mean, specifically, we're talking about Zach Pascal, Cason Williams, Steve Ishmael. Those guys all had pretty solid uh, first and second weeks of the preseason. Uh, Pascal had a touchdown. No, I'm sorry. Was it him? No, it was Ishmael had a touchdown uh, the other day. But they both are big guys, 6'2", 220. <clears throat> Both of them proved that they could go up and win 50-50 balls. That's important, okay? The problem is is that you don't want guys who are not perfect, not really super crisp route runners that can simply just win 50-50 balls as your number four and five receiver. I mean, you want them to specialize in something, but you want them to be a little more well-rounded than this. Uh, after that, you've got Darius Fountain, he needs to come in and really have a show because he's going to get a ton of snaps in week four, but that's not really going to mean much, I don't think, uh, for this wide receiver group. K.J. Brent, I just don't expect him back. I expect him to either hit IR or possibly, I mean, could they do? Could they put him on pup? They could because the injury happened in the preseason. Um, I think that would be better because then you run the possibility that after, you know, you don't have to bring him back in week eight. You can bring him back after six weeks, and you can you then you get at that time you get five weeks to actually get him into practice, and whatever day you get him into practice, regardless of who this is, then you get 21 days to activate them. So, I'm really watching this wide receiver group. I think um, if I was to pick one between Pascal Williams and Ishmael, I would I think that I would prefer Ishmael become. Um, the guy I would prefer him to have the better game because I think he's already a better route runner. And I think that he runs those really deep 15 yard, uh, square ends that they like so much really sharp. Um, but to be quite honest with you, I don't care. I just want one of them or two of them to start to emerge and kind of start showing what KJ Brent had been showing earlier in, uh, in training camp, Krishan Hogan, he's been nicked up. He's been down, uh, but he's a big boy. The one thing that I think Cason Williams has that the others don't is he's a little more of a physical presence. 
And I think that the Colts need that coming across the middle. And they can't just continue. They just can't always use their tight ends as their guys, you know, coming across the middle of the field. So they need a receiver to be able to do that as well and, and be able to use the tight ends out in the flats. I think that's something that the Colts really need. Um, at, the, at, at the defensive end, okay, something we just talked about. You know, Marcus Hunt, Jabal Sheard are going to start. John Simon is a football player. He is not going anywhere. He is going to be a rotational guy between either end. I want we need to see, and he needs to be out on the field, is Kamiko Ture. I want to see him. I want to see Ryan Dallaire. And I want to see Terrell Basham actually do something. I just want to, just so that he can show us that he can do it. He still hasn't shown us a counter move. And and I was really high on, and I don't mean first round high or anything like that, but I was really, uh, uh, I thought that Terrell Basham was a third round pick. I thought he was going to be a good third round pick. I really did because he had the power, but he has not put the technique to the power. He hasn't mixed the two. The two aren't meshing for him whatsoever. I don't care, honestly, if he's the guy who comes into this and really performs. But I want to see Kamiko Ture or I want to see Delaire. I want to see one of these guys really put something out on the field and be able to show us that the Colts are going to have some sort of a freaking pass rush this year because the Colts desperately need it, okay? They've got an, a young secondary. They've got a young linebacking core that need a solid pass rush. They can't just be decent. They've got to have a really good pass rush up front. Danico Autry is going to sit for a little bit in the defensive tackle group, uh, but they really need some guys to emerge off the edge here. And I hope that we get to see a little flash of Kamiko Ture. Obviously, I think he'll get a lot of snaps next week, but I want to see Delaire. I want to see him cont- I want to see him stack another game on top of last week because I thought that he really showed a spin move, he showed burst, he showed uh some some uh, some some secondary moves, you know, to where he could put one move on top of another, and that's something that Terrell Basham hasn't shown yet. So on top of that, I'm looking for the back end of this defensive end group. Somebody's got a flash. Somebody has to, and they have to soon. Um, I would like to see Ta- Taekwon Lewis. He's not going to play, I don't think. Uh, but I want I want to see, you know, we've seen Hassan Ridgeway kind of uh, emerge from the defensive tackle group uh, as a, uh, a solid backup, number one backup, I think. But you've also got Grover Stewart there. And I think that I want to, I mean, I really want to see him come back with another solid game and stack another game on top of last week because he and Ridgeway are going to be the very first subs when it comes into that. Those guys are going to be basically that second wave at defensive tackle. Taekwon Lewis right now, you know, really needs to get back and be healthy because I think that he's the speed there, but you've got Stewart and Ridgeway that are showing some speed and some, some burst, but they're also showing the power and the ability to stop the run. They're also st- uh, showing the ability to get into the backfield and disrupt the passing situation. So I'm excited to watch this defensive line again. Not, again, not the starters necessarily. I don't really care about them right now. Uh, I'd like to see them look good, but I want to see the second and third team guys um, really start to emerge. I want to see something out of them because I think they're going to rotate in with some of the ones in the first half. I truly do. Uh, I'm looking at Matthew Adams. I'm looking at Sky Moore again. I'm looking at Terrell Adams, okay? We've seen Darius Leonard. I think that he's as advertised, folks. I really do. So I want to see Sky Moore continue to show us that he can both tackle, respond, 
uh, to a pass in front of him, but also be able to get it back in coverage. That pass, that touchdown to John Brown in the back of the end zone last week, Sky Moore literally missed that by a centimeter. And it might have even touched his fingertips. I can't tell. But that's how qu- – if you watch that again, you see him drop, drop, turn, sprint, and drop, and turn back around and try to make a play on that ball. And, man, he is so close. I like what he has, and I want to see what he can do this week. I want to see Matthew Adams stack another game. Sorry about the microphone there. I want to see Matthew Adams stack another game on top of what he did last week because I think we saw that he is a very good special teams guy, but we also saw that he can play the position and and, and be physical and has speed and can cover. I'm excited to watch him again. Uh, I, I want to see this cornerback group. I want to see some of these guys – start to, to step up here. Chris Milton looked pretty good last week. He had a touchdown thrown on him. Um, but, he, man, you can't ask for him to be in a better spot than he was there. Uh, but one of these guys, Robert Jackson, Milton, DJ White, Lachardur, Andre Tolliver, one of those guys has to step up. And I want to see Kenny Moore actually earn it in the field. You know, everybody's talking about what a great practice player he was, and he was okay. I, I mean, I thought he was good. I thought he was doing good. The coaches loved him. Everybody else seemed to love him. I want to see him do it on the field. Come on. You know, do something. I want to see him do it on the field because everybody was telling me that Quincy Wilson wasn't the guy. Well, Quincy Wilson's doing it on the field. Okay, folks. So I want to see this cornerback group really rise to the occasion and act like they they know where they're at. I want to act. I want them to act like they've been there before. You know, get out there, make a play, do something, you know, and not a play on a crappy pass into triple coverage. Get out there and make a play, disrupt a ball, tip a ball. You know, I want to see them get a pick on a guy, cover off, run his route for him. I want to see some of that. Um, I'm not really all that intrigued in the safety group, aside from the fact that Malik Hooker is going to be out, and I want to see how smooth he looks. I want to see just the simplistic part of it. I want to see that he can range of motion. I want to see him be able to sprint. I want to see him to be able to uh, take a hit, give a hit. I want to see him be able to get in there and look comfortable. That's about it. I'm not too worried about the performance overall from him. I just want to see him be on there and be athletic. Uh, I'd like to see some of these other, uh, you know, Chris Cooper is a guy that I think is kind of a dark horse right now, to be quite honest with you, to make the roster. And I'd like to see him and George Odom um, possibly, you know, you know, earn some reps here. And I think the fourth uh, preseason game of the year is going to be pretty interesting for them. So in a nutshell, guys, that's what I'm looking for this week. I want to see these guys. I want to see a lot of the guys that are right there on the cusp of being rotational starters but are probably second-round guys. I want to see a lot of that. I want to see a lot of that tomorrow night. I'm excited to watch it. So uh, the Colts play 49ers. So the game kicks off at 430. So that is going to be an early game on Saturday. So make sure that you guys are ready for that one. That's great. That's going to give you your game Saturday. Have the rest of Saturday night to be able to do whatever you want to do. Um, and then you've got Sunday to relax, and and then we're going to be, you know what, five more days, and the Colts will be done. And September 1st is 53-man roster cut down. So uh, it's going to be an exciting about, what, eight days here, guys, for everything to culminate and come to a head. And, uh, and then September 2nd, September 2nd, guys, that's waiver day, okay? That's a big day for this Colts roster, so... Uh, nine days, the next nine days are going to be very, very interesting. So, uh, thank you guys all for joining me. We're going to talk again soon. I'm not going to do a post game show again, at least not that night. I'm going to do it the following night. I feel like after I get 
uh, a little bit of that under me, I can I can kind of go back at it and, uh, you know, kind of inhale the game, so to speak. And then I can exhale some of my uh, nonsense to you guys the following day. So thank you guys all for joining me. We'll talk again soon right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue. It's the two megastars summer mashup. The awesome iPhone on the Rockstar Metro PCS Network. Get the iPhone you've always wanted for $0 so you can jam without limits. It's a hit. Get an iPhone SE on us when you switch. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Requires port and a number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or on Metro PCS in past 90 days to an unlimited LTE plan. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.